0: Of potential. Uh, I know when we read these verses, we may think, well, this is it's about a sower, it's about seed, it's about soil, but this is a parable, which means God is using things that are familiar to them and to us, uh, not simply to teach us about agriculture or farming, but to use this to teach us about the greater things of life and the kingdom. Ultimately, what he's trying to talk to us about is our potential. And so I speak to you today about a parable of potential. A seed is an incredible thing. Uh, To think that something so small can be something so large. And to think that something so small can produce something and so much that can bless so many people. But The fact is that the capacity... Of a single seed can never be known until it gets in the right atmosphere. That seed has to be planted in soil and not just any soil. It has to be put in good soil. It has to stay faithful to the process. And so this parable is speaking to us of the atmosphere that the seed gets put in. The atmosphere doesn't change the seed, but it does take the right atmosphere to discover what God put inside the seed. You can't control the seed. That's up to God. But you can control the atmosphere. In Matthew 17, Jesus spoke of uh, faith that he said is like a grain of mustard seed. A mustard seed so small that that you could literally pinch it between your two fingers and it would be hidden in your hand. It's, It's not large. So He's not speaking to them to say, you need more faith. He's telling them that the power or that the measure of your faith is not measured in volume or size, but in the health of it. It's not the quantity, it's the quality. And so it's with this frame of thinking that that I read something some time ago that startled me. I thought it was quite profound. The man said that a mustard seed will germinate in cool soil. If the temperature of that soil is 45 degrees, the elements are right and the soil is moist, that that seed can germinate in as little as 5 to 10 days. If that temperature of the soil was only 5 degrees lower, so it's now 40 degrees, that that seed will take an additional 5 days to discover its potential and to sprout life. If the temperature of that soil is only 2 degrees lower, so it's now 38 degrees That seed will lay dormant in the soil for another season. Something as little as seven degrees temperature adjustment can determine if that seed ever discovers its potential and gives birth to what God put in it. Now, I've not really come here today to talk to you about seed. I don't know anything about farming. Uh, You know, as a kid, my grandfather would make us pull weeds in his garden. And at that age, I thought it was torture. But I've lived to tell the tale. I don't know anything about farming. But what I do know is that we all have a measure of potential that God has put in us. And This is not true simply of a seed. It is true of you and I. And so I come today to look at these four soils and give you a course of action. By which you can adjust the temperature of your life seven degrees. So you don't lose... What God put inside of you. The first soil, he said, is the wayside. He said, This is the one that hears the word, but they do not understand the word. By extension, I would submit to you, this is the person that does not have a relationship with the word of God. Oh, they hear pastor preach, they're in class when the Bible's being talked about. But they have personally not given themselves to the work of understanding the word of the kingdom. And Jesus said, it's this person that even though they received the seed, it was put in their heart. He said, the fowl came and takes it away. They lose it. They never discover their potential because they have no relationship with the word of God. If you're going to adjust the temperature of your life. Seven degrees. To make sure you don't lose what God put inside of you. You're going to have to have a relationship with the word of God. You're going to have to have a daily time. Where you are listening to the word of God. And where you are reading the word of God. And your relationship with the word of God has to be more than, than classroom lectures. And homework assignments. You need a relationship with the Word of God. The second thing, he said, was the stony ground, the rocky ground. They received it, he said, with joy. They were excited to hear the Word. So this tells me they probably had a relationship with the Word of God. They were excited. This this wasn't homework to them, it wasn't a burden to go to chapel. They weren't upset about going to church. They with joy received the word. And it just endures for just a little while, the Bible says. Because they had no root in himself. What he's saying is the soil was too shallow. There was no ground for the the roots that that came out of that seed. When potential began to be discovered, there was no soil for those roots to get in. And now when trouble and persecution and opposition shows up, it couldn't draw the nutrients from the soil. Now this person, they had a relationship with the Word. They received it with joy, but they had no depth of soil, which is to say they were shallow. This is the person that doesn't pray. This is the person that, that doesn't make time for God in their thoughts and in their words. They just get caught up in life and they never make time to have a relationship with the Spirit of God. So, that first soil is to say, I must have a relationship with the Word of God. The second soil is to say, I must have a relationship with the Spirit of God. The first soil is to say, I must spend time in my Bible. I must read my Bible. I must study my Bible. I have to understand the word of the kingdom. The second soil is to say that I must be a person of prayer. When Jesus is teaching his disciples in Matthew chapter 6, he says this. When you pray, which is so profound to me. Because he didn't talk to them about why they should pray. He just said, when you pray. Because... There are assumed behaviors of people that follow Jesus. He said, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give. This is to say that if we don't pray, we're not followers of Jesus. We can have the logo on our shirt. We can call new life home. But if we don't pray, we're not followers of Jesus. Now, I'm not not so naive, and I wouldn't put the burden of expectation on on some of you at your age and season of life that I would put on me or adults in this room or leaders of this church. But I've been around long enough to know that, that many people don't know how to pray. They don't know where to start. They can sing songs and they can worship. But the parable of potential is teaching us that Unless we pray, we'll lose the seed that God put in there. So let me let me offer something to you that I think all of us can do that's really easy. That you can start, but just just if you did this every day, one minute per section, that would give you six or seven minutes of prayer. And then you could build it and start to do two minutes and then three minutes. But go to the Lord's Prayer. And you break that down into sections. And just just set a goal, create a habit, a discipline, and say, okay, I'm going to I'm going to break the Lord's prayer down into into sections. And I'm going to talk to God for one minute about each section of this prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You're just going to, for the next 60 seconds, whether you're going to lay on your bed, sit in a chair, walk back and forth in your bedroom, for 60 seconds, you're going to talk to God about how awesome he is. God, you're so awesome. God, you're so good. Lord, I thank you for filling me with the Holy Ghost. And thank you for bringing my family to new life. and Thank you for making a way that I can be part of Life Academy. and Thank you for feeling your spirit as we felt it here this morning. When you just start talking to God about how good he is and all the things he's done for you, 60 seconds goes by real quick. And you can, you, you, you can work your way through the Lord's Prayer. There's... there's, there's all the things you can ask for, God's direction, God's provision, God's forgiveness. And if you just set the goal to to take every section of the Lord's Prayer, 60 seconds, we're talking six or seven minutes a day. But it's sad how many of us never talk to God. And as much as we talk about Him, that's not the same as talking to Him. The person who never discovered their potential because the soil was rocky was the person that didn't pray. And I'm burdened because there's people that love God. I think they believe the word. They want to do what's right, but they just don't pray. And if we don't pray, we'll never discover our potential. The third soil, he said, was that thorny ground. They heard the word. But the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, he said, choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. This is to say that this person just loves the world. They will never discover their potential because they have given themselves to the cares of this world. They have been deceived by the deceitfulness of riches. They think that that their life and the success of their future is in the abundance or maybe the lack of their material possessions. That their value is what they have or what they don't have. And that is a lie. Some of the most fulfilled people I have ever met in my life were kids in the villages of remote Africa. Who are using an empty gallon milk jug to play soccer in a field. Who have no concept uh, of materialism like we do. They're not asking for more and more. Or they're not caught up in the pursuit of stuff and money. There is a contentment. And I would challenge us today that so much of our ideologies, so much of the, the concepts that we are being conditioned by in the world today, Though they seem harmless, they are not harmless. You say, well, well, preacher, you're just old. Yeah, I know. I'm 35 now and I'm bald. But let me tell you something. We talk about lust as if lust is limited to something moral. It's not. Lust is simply unrestrained want. And so lust is not to be limited to the concept of morality or immorality. It's just... The drive of your human nature to want, want, want. Well, do you know why people want, 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 want? Because they have not found the one who brings contentment to their soul. It's the ideas of the world. And he's telling us in this parable of potential, God can put seed in you. He can put potential in you. He can put promise and calling in you. But if you love the world, you will never discover it. The Bible tells us that we are to be holy like He is holy. The word holy simply means to be set apart. But we're not, I'm not talking about... we're not just, We're not just different from the world for the sake of being different from the world. It means to be set apart and set unto. So if you decide that you're going to live different than the world, but you're not going to be set apart unto God, you're not holy. Holy is saying, I'm going to be different than the world, but it's because... I'm close to Jesus. I live different than the world because I have a relationship with Jesus. I'm holy. I'm set apart from the world because I have a relationship with the Word of God and a relationship with the Spirit of God because I read my Bible. I pray. I live by a different set of values. I learned very early in my relationship with the Lord that I had to stop seeking the affirmation and validation of people who knew nothing about the kingdom. But the longer I have lived for the Lord, and even in the work of ministry, I have found many who even in the busyness of the church and in the work of the ministry have concepts, ways of living that are built by the world. Well, why would you sell everything and move around the world? Why would you go there? Why would you do this? Well, Jesus told me to. Well, that doesn't make very much sense. That doesn't provide you financial security. That's not a very comfortable decision. Well, are we following Jesus? Or are we following materialism? Are we building our future for this world or the world to come? If we will ever discover our potential, we cannot love the world. We cannot love the things of the world. And I'm not simply meaning today... The, the dark, sinful things of the world. I'm just talking about the way the world lives. Lives for this life. For possessions. For stuff. For comfort. That's why Paul said in Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He said the only way you can accomplish or prove the will of God is first to decide, I'm not going to be conformed to the world. That word conformed is schematizo. It means schematic or blueprint. Paul was telling them, hey, when you decide that you're going to build your life, don't don't buy your blueprint from the world. But because so many of you have, you have to renew your mind, which means to renovate. You've got to take the wrong way of thinking out. This is the problem with a lot of modern media. Let me just... It's 47 I'm going to take my liberty here for a minute. I'm troubled. I'm troubled, young people, at the songs that I see shared on Instagram videos and, and, and the lyrics that I see endorsed. Well, why? It's just, you know, there's no cuss word in the song. Well, oh, there may not be a cuss word, but what's the concept? You know, let me just go kick the horse real hard right now. <laughs> Sister Tammy can, I'm submissive, she can rebuke me, but uh, yeah, okay. All right, Miley, you go buy yourself flowers. Well, That's that's, that's not bad. What do you mean it's not bad? What's the concept behind the song? The concept is this individualistic, unsubmissive, feministic thought who has been hurt by several immoral relationships, and now there's this self-righteous, I'm just, I'm going to do my, I, I don't, who cares what the Bible teaches about marriage? Who cares what the Bible? This is what I'm talking about: the concepts of the world being propagated through the avenue of modern media, and we just we just tolerate it. Well, it's not, it's not that bad. Yeah, you think it's not that bad, but he talked to us about agriculture because he was telling us how things grow. It always comes in seed form. Whether it comes from the world or it comes from God. It comes in seed form. And you may dismiss it because it comes in seed form, but it won't stay a seed. If we want God's potential, we cannot love the world. We cannot love the things of the world. I'm not talking we're not we don't have to be weird. We're not outdated. We can be modern. We can be relevant. Thank God for, but we cannot love the ways of the world. And I'm troubled because I look at people everywhere I go. I've preached 12 times in the last two weeks. And I walk out of church service sometimes and bang my head on the wall. I'm like, God, if people could only grasp the potential that God put inside them. And I just determined a long time ago, I will live my entire life. I will make every decision in my life on the basis of that potential and that seed that I feel like God put in the soil of my life. It's not about money. It's not about comfort. It's not about stuff. It's about potential. But there was a good soil. And that good soil heard the word. They understood it. And he said some brought a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. Good soil is simply the person who deals with the issues of the first three soils. So this means good soil is the person that has a relationship with the word. A person that does pray. And a person that doesn't love the world. That person will be good soil. And that good soil will cause them to discover the potential God put in that seed. And they may... They may there's 30 fold or 60 fold or 100, but you never know what's inside of you unless you're good soil. And so this morning I have an apple. Who likes apples? An apple a day will keep the doctor away. That's what my I was told. I don't know if it's true or not, but But you know that the average apple has 5 to 8 seeds inside of it typically. And if that seed stays faithful to the process and is put in the right environment, in the right atmosphere, in five years' time, it'll start being a fruit-bearing tree. And that the average apple tree can yield up to 300 apples per growing season. And every one of those 300 apples could have five more seeds in it. That means that per growing season, that one tree will, will produce Fifteen hundred or more, more seeds. Which in turn could be four hundred and fifty thousand apples, or another two point two five million seeds. Oh, but, but brother Dan, that's just an apple. Oh, that's what it looks like right now. But I'm not talking about what's in my hand. I'm talking about the potential. So, yes, in my hand today, I hold an apple, but I also hold undiscovered potential of 2.25 million apple seeds or 450,000 apples. I'm holding 450,000 apples in my hand right now. Oh, this looks like one apple. Yeah, because I'm not talking about what you see. I'm talking about the potential that is yet To be discovered. And I really haven't even come today to talk to you about just a parable of a soul or about an apple. I've come to talk to you about you. Because that's what this is about. About the seed of potential. The seed of God's word that he has invested in you. Oh, you know, Brother Dan, you're just too extreme about that stuff. I'm just a teenager in Terre Haute, Indiana. Listen, Terre Haute's a metropolis to where I grew up. If you would have told me at 17 or 18 years old that as a 35-year-old man, I'd have been in 25 different countries. and In April, I'm going back to the Middle East. And in, and in, in August, I'll be privileged to, to be in Rome and preach the national conference for the United Pentecostal Church of Italy. And listen, I don't, I'm not so naive. I don't deserve this. I did nothing to earn this. But what I did, I had an encounter with God where I discovered God made an investment in my life and that if I would ever discover the potential, I had to give myself to the process and cultivate the right kind of atmosphere. And so I'm challenging you today to live for more than a summer job, live for more than a new vehicle or new clothes or a basketball team or whatever your interest and hobby may be. Give yourself to the discovery of God's potential. Because it could be you one day that's getting on a plane to go to the other side of the world. It could be you one day that goes to a city that doesn't have a church and plants a church. It could be you one day that's teaching kids in a Sunday school room and watching them receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It could be you one day standing on platforms preaching camp meetings and and youth conventions and conferences. You don't know. But the only way you will know is to give yourself to the process. It is a parable of potential. And the only way potential is ever discovered is if you create the atmosphere for what God put in the seed to get out. And in the kingdom, that atmosphere requires a relationship with the Word of God, a relationship with the Spirit of God, and to turn your back on the world and pursue God and His kingdom with everything you have. Stand together with me. It looks like one apple right now. But through the perspective of potential, there's 450,000 apples in my hand this morning. Oh, it's just, just, it's just a few dozen. It's just a 100 or so kids and, and teenagers. There. I, yeah, that's what it looks like. But when you put on the, the perspective of potential. Would you close your eyes and let's lift our hands. Lord Jesus. I pray today the Spirit of God would seal the Word of the Lord into our hearts. I pray, Lord, that there would be a conviction and a challenge and also an encouragement by the Word of the Lord to give ourselves to the Word of God, to give ourselves to prayer, to turn our back on the world and pursue You with all that we have. Lord, there is so much potential in this room today. There is so much potential and these kids and these teenagers, and I want to see the potential be discovered. I want to see the investment of your potential in their lives to be fulfilled, acknowledged. And I don't want to see the purpose of God uncomplete, And I don't want to see the will of God never accomplished. And I'm asking you today, stir the hearts of these people today, God. Stir the thoughts of their mind towards you. I pray, Lord, that you would give us a keen sensitivity to the voice of the Spirit that you would give us a sensitivity to those gentle impressions when you are speaking to us and you were drawing us closer. And when we feel it, God, I pray that you would give us courage to forsake all that we must forsake and pursue you with passion and consecration. In the name of Jesus, that's it. Would you just lift your voice? We're almost done, but just for a minute. Let's practice that right now. Practice cultivating that prayer. I know it's a little bit awkward to hear yourself talk. It's a little bit awkward to let, let other people hear you talk. But you got to press past that. you got to give yourself to prayer so you can discover your potential. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I believe that there's apostles and prophets. God, I believe that there's evangelists and pastors and teachers in this room. There's going to be prayer warriors and Sunday school teachers. In the name of Jesus. Lord, there's people of great influence in the kingdom of God here today. I don't see teenagers, Lord. I don't just see children. Because I'm looking for potential. I see greatness in this room. I see power and gifts in this room. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us see ourselves as you see us. To reject the lies of mediocrity. and The lies of insecurity. We are not what the world says. We are what you say. I pray today, God, that you would help us be faithful to the process. So we might discover our potential. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen.